And I, and I, I thought, I asked the question, what is passion then, Lord? What is passion? I'm not talking about being passionate, although I am. And I'm not talking about passion between individuals, although I am. I, it's because passion has so many ramifications to it, right? Passion in a relationship. In a relationship, it's vital. And then how can we be fruitful? How, what, what is really fruitfulness? Well, we know that if we serve the Lord, that's being fruitful. But what does it mean to serve the Lord? What, what does that mean? And do we just do that in church? Or do we do it all the time? All the time. Uh, you even found that time that you were going to meet with that first salesman. And it was in an ordained time. It was an ordained time of God. And so we have to realize that God wants us to be fruitful in all things, in all times, in everything that we do. Even in the time that somebody cuts you off and you go, what the? Sorry, Lord. Today on my way driving over here, I was ministering to someone on the phone, and I said, go ahead, you could just say all of that. You could say, it's okay, it's okay. You just need to vent. It's all right, vent it. Just say it, say it. I go, because you know what's going to happen. You'll get it all out, and God's going to give you an attitude adjustment. Right? Doesn't he do that? He gives us an attitude adjustment. And sometimes we need the attitude adjustment. We really, really do, because that will bring forth fruitfulness. And then the why. Why are we doing all that we do? What is that all about? So turn with me to the book of Romans. And that would be on page number 1067 in my book. (laughs) So turn with me there. And we're going to go to Romans 12. And it's so interesting because I then heard this word during the worship. The body of Christ. Didn't you speak about the body? We are the body, you said. We're the body of Christ. And I heard that as well, and I said, wow. Every word that I have written down and noted, just the little words on here is exactly the words that the Lord spoke to me, and then he spoke it out of each of your mouths. And I want to tell you the reason for that is, is because it truly is a a sense of the body of Christ. We have to be fitly joined together. We, every joint supplying. And that's what we're going to read about here. Okay, so it's going to be um, Romans 12. And and you're going to go down to verse 6. And it says, in his grace, whose? His. Who is he? He, his. God. It's in God's grace. God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So there's a gift with an expectation, isn't there? And it's the only expectation is that we do something with that gift well. Well, that's it. Um, No other expectation. It's kind of like if somebody brought you a present... And they hand it, it was beautiful, you want to unwrap it and see what's in it, and then you say thanks. It's no longer theirs, right? It's now being given to you. That's what God's saying. All I want you to do is take care of it and do it well. It's yours. Take care of it. Do it well. And so he says, 
So it is God who has given you the ability to prophesy, to speak out with as much faith as God has given you. So there are times that some of you will prophesy, and, but it is only at the level of where your faith is, right? Only at the level where your faith is. Because I want you to know that the faith you have today is not going to be the faith you have tomorrow. Every day we gain faith. And the word tells us that when we are born again, we are born again with a measure of faith. Only a measure. Why a measure? Don't you think we need a lot of faith to walk this walk? It really is true because there are new things that come up and we don't realize we weren't ready for it. We weren't ready for it. And the reason that we go through all these types these trials and situations is because it causes our faith to rise. He uses that. That's one of the things that you need to remember is that God always uses your circumstance and situation. He didn't always put you in it. Sometimes it's the devil. Let me just say we love to blame everything on the devil. Sometimes it's our flesh. We make mistakes, right? But the blessing of God is that he takes our mistakes, and he throws those also into the sea of forgetfulness if we repent and change, right? And we go in his direction and not any longer in our human direction because we like to do what we like to do. It just is who we are. And so if your gift is, now it says in verse 7, if your gift is serving others, serve them well. Serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach them well. If your gift is to encourage others, well, then be encouraging. Be encouraging. If it is a gift to give generously, then give generously. If God has given you a leadership ability, take responsibility seriously. I love that statement. You know, I could look that up in all the different interpretations, and each one would give us a little bit of a different picture. I love this because... Everybody oftentimes runs to be that leader. I want to be that leader. I want to be that leader. Uh, Yeah, but then are you taking responsibility for your leadership? Because when, as a leader, oh boy, I could really go off on this, because as a leader, we have a greater responsibility, greater, because you can't just mouth off. You have to be cautious about the things that you say because your word is taken as gospel. It's taken as gospel. And so, yeah, we can agree with those that are going through difficulties as long as we're pulling them back up to Jesus. We've got to keep pulling them back up to Jesus. And I love, Tony, also what you shared about was that it's not because we're great and it's not because we ha- we're, we're, we're good at what we do. Guess why? These gifts that we're talking about, where'd they come from? Not me. It was from God, not you. It says it's a gift. God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Well. So he even has a plan in it because we are Jesus in the flesh. I'm not saying that we're the Savior and that we don't. I'm not saying that we aren't perfect. No, no. But it is Christ in us that we carry him with us. And so, therefore, these gifts, as they're given to us, 
we have to be mindful that we're a gift to somebody at different times. And somebody is always watching you. You just don't know all the time who it is, but somebody is always watching you. And they learn from us. Have you ever been around your little kids and then they say something you don't like? Where did you hear that? And then they tell you. Well, Mom, you said that. Oh, me, right? Where is kids? We want to say what he says. We want to repeat what he says. That's how we want to be. And so it says, if, if God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness, another word I heard tonight a couple of times, kindness to others, do it gladly. And if you have a gift for, sh- uh, uh, don't, sorry, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. We in the body of Christ, that was so cute. I didn't miss that. I have good peripheral vision. Got it. That was sweet. If you didn't see that, he kissed her. They kissed each other over here. And so it has been interesting. It's as Christians, how many times a day do you say, love you? Oh, love you, brother. Love you, sister. Love you. Do you have any idea who you're loving? Do you have any idea what they're going through? Some of you do. Yeah, some of you do. But we need to love because he first loved us. Because he first loved us. And therefore, that goes along with the issue of responsibility, doesn't it? That we can't take that flippantly. We have to remember that when we say, I love you, it needs to fit into that passion, the passion of Christ. We're coming upon Easter here, and we're aware of all that the Lord has done for us, all that the Father has done for us by sending his Son, and all that the Son has done, and the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about the Holy Spirit a little bit more also. So love each other with genuine affection. And I'm not talking about you guys and girls kissing and hugging all over each other. That's not what that means, just to be sure. Okay, I'm talking about that when you say I love you, there is an affection that has risen up like in your belly, like rivers of living water that said, it's, I want to say I love you because of Christ. I don't know every one of you, but man, when I come here, I'm in love. I am, and I feel it back. I feel it back. And it isn't because of what I do, and it isn't because of what you do, although there is a component to that, but it is also because God has placed that love in me and in you. And, and you show it. You show it. And I want to show it back. And I, it makes me smile. As I drive up here, I'm like, okay, going to Stone Point. And it's, it's so wonderful that the love of God can be like that and it touches us without us really knowing a lot about each other. A lot about each other. I don't know everything that we're, you're dealing with and what you're going through, but he does. And sometimes it needs to be words like that, that you're loved by others that don't come here, that you're thought about, that you were prayed about all day long today because now I was put in a position to bring a word to you. 
And so now the Lord welled up more love even in me to bring that forth, to bring it forth. So now I want you to turn over to Corinthians. And we're going to go to Corinthians 12. I, I could do a lot, give you a lot more information about this, but although I'm talking about gifts, I'm not breaking them down. I'm sure people, uh, your pastor and some discipleship that you'll have will teach about these gifts, but I'm using it as an overview because of the message that God has for you. So now, in, we're going to go to verse, uh, verse 1, and it says on 1 Corinthians 12, now, dear brothers and sisters, and I love how it says that because there is no gender in the word of God. We are in a season of harvest, and it's all hands on deck. Amen? And so it doesn't matter your age, and it doesn't matter your gender. It's if you want to serve the Lord, there's room for every single one of you because you're the body fitly joined together. Amen? Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about special abilities that the Spirit, who? The Spirit. The Spirit gives us. The other gifts were God gives us. These, it says the gifts. Now we're seeing that even in the Word, the Lord is showing us Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And he wants us to be aware of that. And I've taught on the gifts many, many, many times. And every time the Lord shows me something different. And so he has me going down a different road here. But that, where it says now in Corinthians, it says the spirit. I've always said it's the spirit gifts. But it jumped out at me in such a way that said, make sure you tell them these are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, when Jesus left, what did he say? I will, I'm going to be leaving you, but I won't leave you comfortless, right? I will leave you with the comforter, the Holy Spirit. And so if you think that Jesus isn't here, and therefore you are not going to make it through life, and you're not going to make it through whatever you're going through, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is with you. The Holy Spirit is amazing because the Holy Spirit teaches us. The Holy Spirit directs us. The Holy Spirit comforts us. I mean, we can make a list of, of all of the things. I didn't know that. And then, boom, there it is. The Holy Spirit reveals it. You didn't know that there was going to be $3,000 in your account but you knew God said it was going to be okay. And then, boom, there it is. And so we have the word in us that comes through the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it's powerful. It's powerful. And it says, so the whole, now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your questions about special abilities that the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. Verse 4. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but it's the same spirit. It's the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. So no gift is greater than the other. You know, I remember when I was a new Christian, I thought, I, I want that gift. 
No, no. Oh, I like that one because it's better than that one. Or how come I can't be up there preaching? Can you imagine if we all had the preaching gift? Who's going to be in the congregation? Who's going to be listening? Right? And who and why? And then we would think, oh, well, everybody's a preacher, so I don't need to be a preacher. See, it speaks into all of our even insecurities about things, right? And I'll tell you, God uses the gifts, and I'm going to keep doing this little analogy to fitly join us together, okay? I mean, we don't just clasp our hands and hold our hands and look at that. They fit. How's that? They fit. That's the body of Christ. That's the body of Christ. That's why I can come here and we fit. We fit together. It's the body of Christ. And so in verse 4 it says, uh, it is the same spirit that is the source of all the gifts. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another Spirit. And then it says, still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. You get to decide which ones you want. No. He alone decides which gift each person should have. He alone does. And so, again, if you look down in verse 12, it begins to talk about the human body has many parts. And yet if the foot said, I'm not part of the body, well, can you imagine if we had to walk on one foot all the time? Or if the hand said, I'm not a part of this body. But it's not true because that's what makes up the physical body. And the word tells us that things happen first in the natural, then in the, then in the spirit. And so if we see in the natural the way the body is made up, our human body, then we can recognize how the spiritual gifts have, and the body of Christ, we can't survive without one another because we have to be fitly joined together. When you're in agreement in your household, Doesn't it run smooth? When all the kids are doing good and everybody's doing good, you know, it's like things are going great. When there's disagreement, things just aren't working, are they? And you don't want to be around when that happens, especially those of you that just love confrontation. Out of here. But the reality is that's when you have to pray, wait a minute. We're disjointed. Something's wrong here. We're the body that has to be fitly joined together. And then you come back together again. And so I was looking up these words 
that I told you about, the passion word. And it says it's a strong and um, I can't read my own writing. (laughs) Go figure that one out. I can't read my own. Of course, I do have a broken finger. That's why I have one nail polish on here. I forgot to put my splint back on. And so I am writing like crazy. But it's a strong and barely controllable emotion. That's what it is, barely controllable emotion. Passion. When we have a passion to do something, that shows us that that passion is generally the direction that we're going to go in life. You know, when you're in a job that you're not happy with, do you give it your fullest? Or you try to give your fullest, but it's not really where you feel like you fit. You might even feel like a square peg in a round hole. And sometimes we occupy until, right? And there are times and seasons for that. Uh, It happens in the church as well. I remember when I was first saved, I would go to our church and... um, I would bring my daughter with me, and that's how I taught her how to clean bathrooms. There were 27 bathrooms in the building, and we cleaned them all every week. And she learned how to do that. Do you think that that's what I like to do, that it was my passion? No, but it was what was needed at that time. And so I went from that and moved on to the next thing and the next and the next and the next. That's how it is that we teach our kids, too. And we teach them that there are some things that they're not going to be really happy about doing, but they must be done. So although when we hit that sweet spot of passion, what happens is everything seems to flow out of it, right? But I'll tell you something. If you haven't been doing some of the other things that got you there, it's hard for that passion to be released. Because you may not have all the tools to deal with whatever that passion is in your life, that strong and barely controllable emotion. But you've learned maybe some of the fruit of the Spirit that says, well, you need to be kind and do this first and then, right? Okay. So also, here's the second meaning. It's an intense desire or enthusiasm towards something. And I thought, oh, yeah, I can remember many, many times when I thought, that's my passion. And then I look back now and I go, that wasn't my passion. It was just where I was at that time. But now I look at where I'm at now and I go, I can tell you exactly what my passion is. And my passion is that I would pour in to as many lives that I can touch at this juncture of my life so that I will leave a legacy of the Lord. That's who I am. I want to make sure that I work myself out of every job that I've ever done for the Lord and equip others to do the same thing so that they can do that. It's all about the kingdom of God. All about the kingdom of God. But it didn't start out that way. I didn't get to be able to say that it's because of all the other things that led me to this season and to that passion of time. Passion is eagerness. It drives you. It drives you. Passion is zeal. It's excitement. It's energy. It's commitment. And it's love both in doing and relationship. And it's in 
that love with the Lord, that relationship with the Lord. But I'll tell you, that love also needs to translate into anyone and anywhere you go that the love of God comes forth. The love of God comes forth. So turn with me to the next chapter. Because if you don't have that love, you really can just hang up every one of your gifts. Everyone, there will be no fruitfulness. No fruitfulness in your life. And God wants fruitfulness to come forth in each one of us. Um, we have the pink grapefruit tree in front of our house. And um, I remember when we first moved in there, I thought, oh my gosh, a pink grapefruit tree. How amazing. Pink's my favorite color. And I thought, oh, this is, and I love grapefruits. And I thought, oh, this is wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is so great. And the first year we were there, we had fruit. And everybody that came to our house went home with fruit. And I watched this tree, and it became like a canopy in the front of our house. And it, with the sun sets, and so it sets through the tree. And so it doesn't really glare. And it's just beautiful, beautiful. And one day I came home from um, my office, and my husband said, uh, the people from our development said, uh, we ought to cut that tree down. Because look, you know, after two years, it's dying. And I said, well, they're not watering it. They need to turn the water back on so it will live. And he said, it's dying, and it's not going to be fruitful anymore. He said, it's just not. You could see it's dying all around. And I said, and at first I thought, yeah, maybe we need to. Maybe we need to. And I went inside, and I... It just plagued me and plagued me and plagued me. And I just started to cry. And I said, I came out and I said to my husband, Honey, I don't think we can cut that tree down. It's such a representation of fruitfulness. It's fruitful. I said, It needs to be pruned. It needs to be cut back a little. It doesn't need to be pulled out. And it's a representation of us and the fruitfulness from the time we moved into this house. Things were shifted and different with everyone that came to this house, with, with our children, with our grandchildren, with our great-grandchildren, with friends, with, with neighbors, and with it was just different. And you knew it, that it was a fruitful season that was different from other fruitful seasons. And he said, okay, we're not cutting the tree down. So the tree we thought wasn't going to make it through last year really didn't look good. And you know, when you have the word of the Lord, Amen. we declared it will be fruitful. Amen. We declared it will be fruitful. And our lives will be fruitful. And sure enough, here comes this group of guys and said, hey, can we pick off all the fruit? Because you know, if you leave the, any of the remaining fruit on there, it, it's just not going to thrive. It's sucking out the life. And my husband said, yeah, go for it. Go for it. And, and they picked out, I mean, every bit of the fruit, and there was still tons of fruit on there. And lo and behold, you cannot see anything. <clears throat> There's no green on this tree right now. It's white. White. Blossoms everywhere. There is little blossoms falling off, and you can see the little grapefruits beginning. Little... I mean, I don't even know how they all stay on the tree because it, this, I will never seen a tree give forth this much fruit. And I am so excited over that. 
Why? Because I know the concept of fruitfulness. And the first word when I looked it up and was productive. Productive. Fruitfulness is productive. You will, if you are fruitful, you will be productive in the things that you do serving the Lord, in the things that you do in work, in the things that you do with your family, in the things that you do in the natural and in the spirit. That's fruitfulness. And so at times, we have to be thinking and processing, is this what I'm supposed to be doing now? Is there fruit? Measure it by the fruitfulness of it. And maybe it means, yeah, Lord, you've been talking to me, but I've been afraid to make a change. I've been afraid, I've been afraid, I've been afraid, I've been afraid. And some of you have probably even said that, nah, it's probably not the time. No, it's not. But you're not feeling the passion and you don't see the fruit. That means it's time to make a change. Something needs to shift. And if you don't know what it is, pray. Ask the Lord to send people of wisdom to you. Ask the Lord to give you a, show you a vision. I had a client once who said, I don't hear from God. And I said to her, really? No, don't hear from God. I don't know how people hear from God. I said, well, people hear from God in lots of ways. They can hear something in their head. They can see it in the word. They can hear it in their ear. They can sense it in their heart. I said, there's lots of ways. I said, one of my ways is I read license plates. God always speaks to me through license plates. It's the craziest thing. But then again, my background is Jewish, and so Jews seek after signs and wonders. That's what the word says. And so uh, any kind of sign, I see something in it if God wants to speak to me. If he's wanting to speak to me. If he's not, it's just a stop sign. (laughs) It's not that it's everything in this stop, you know. (laughs) If he wants to talk to me. And so that's one of the ways. So I said to her, so just look for the signs. She calls me on the phone immediately, like 10 minutes later, I think, not even. My name was on a sign. My name. She said, it said, don't worry, so-and-so. It's going to be okay. She was freaking out. It was on a big billboard (laughs) along the freeway because God doesn't speak to her. And I said, look for the sign. I didn't know it was going to be on a sign. I really didn't know it was going to be a sign. I swear I didn't know it was going to be. But it was a sign. And I'm telling you, without a doubt, and sometimes you don't hear from the Lord because you didn't do what he told you to do and you haven't finished that yet. And so if you're asking him to do something else, make sure you did what he already told you to do. I'm really meddling. So productive is a word of what is a meaning of fruitfulness. Good results is fruitfulness and abundant growth. Now, let's take that into who we are in Christ. If he wants us to be fruitful and multiply, he isn't talking about just having children. He isn't talking about just that. 
He's talking about also that we multiply in everything that we do and that we make sure that there is abundance in us, that fruitfulness will produce abundance, that we understand him more, that we're obedient to him more, that we follow his plan for us more, that we understand that he does really love us even in the times that we go, hello, are you there? Did you forget about me? No, he didn't. He didn't. But those are the times that he wants us to hold on to him. And he wants to put that productiveness in us, the good results, and abundant growth. And so these gifts that he gives us, and this season of fruitfulness that we're in right now, because we know we're moving into that harvest season in the natural and in the spirit, there's a shift I remember the beginning, uh, towards the end of last year, um, and I, I preached here because I preached on the message that the Lord gave me, the word for this year for me, and the word for this year for, for me was hope. And I shared Jeremiah 29, 11 to you guys uh, that says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, is plans for good and not harm, but to give you a hope and a future. And, and so I belie- believed that, that word was not just for me, but it was for the body of Christ. And I began to see that happening wherever I went. I began to see transition, 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 transition in people's lives, in their lives, in their families, in their churches, that the direction that they planned on going in all of a sudden shifted gears and there was no new transition. And we've watched this happening all across the land um, even now, we, we still see it. We see uh, people retiring from ministries. We see people being raised up in ministries. We see people coming to the Lord. I just heard about um, a group that has a new church, a young couple, and they gave a testimony about how for the first time they didn't receive just people from other churches but they had a a person who had never known anything about Jesus except the Lord with them. And they were so excited because it was their first fruit. Their first fruit, not transfer fruit. Because, you know, we can bring fruit over to other people's houses, right? We can get it in a bag and we can bring it home, right? No, they raised that fruit. And, And it came forth. And so it was powerful. And so... I thought, oh, Lord, you are doing such a transition in the lives of people. And for those of you men that are here, sorry about this, but some of you may know this. When a woman is in labor, especially if you were in the labor room during the time of transition, it's like, don't touch the bed. (laughs) Are you hot, honey? Transition can be painful. Transition can be difficult. Transition can be, leave me alone. Because it's beginning a process of bringing forth new life. Recently, my husband had a dream about me, and he woke up. He woke up in the morning, and he was not happy. He was not, have you ever had dreams about your spouse, and you're not happy? And he said he called our friend, Pastor Richard Castile, and he, and he said to him, what is going on? My wife's pregnant. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. How could she be pregnant? 72. How am I going to be pregnant? 
And I thought, oh, my gosh. And he said, huh. He said, when I woke up, it was still bugging me. And he said, and then the Lord said to him, I don't think it's, he said, you know, I don't think it's natural. I be- yeah, thank God. <laughs> he said, in a lot of ways, yeah, right, I get it. <laughs> he said, but I think, honey, you're getting ready to birth something new. And that's exactly right. It is exactly what's happening. And it's, I, knew, I sensed it in my spirit. I didn't know what it was, but I could see some things that God was doing. I want to tell you, those of you that have been in painful transition, God's about to show you. He's about to show you what it is, that you are birthing something new. You're birthing something new. From the start that I stood up here, the Lord said to me, you're birthing something new. You are birthing something new. Hang on. He's birthing something new. He might be a little honorary here and there, but he's birthing something. (laughs) That's what it is. And so if you've been wondering, what the heck is going on? I don't understand. I don't understand. You know, when you're pregnant and it's the woman, you can see. But when you're in transition, it's like, well, where is this baby already? (laughs) You know? It's enough, enough, enough. And many of you have said, it's enough. I'm done. I can't, I can't do it. I can't take it. I can't do it. And the Lord says, hold on. The blessing is around the corner. Hold on. The blessing is around the corner. It's a, and I want to tell you, many times we miss the blessing of the Lord because we don't hold on long enough, long enough. So don't forget about that fruitfulness. Don't forget about those gifts that he's imparted to you. And don't be jealous about somebody else's gift. Be thankful for their gift. Because their gift that was given to them is our gift. They give it back to us. The worship team. They're gifted in that way. How many of you are gifted because you stood and worshiped as they led us to that place, right? It's a gift that eventually gets spread around. Don't be jealous of those that have a different gift from you. Don't be jealous because you can have every gift you want. And I'm going to close with this. 1 Corinthians 13. And it says, verse 1, Oh, if I could speak in a different language of earth and of angels, but I don't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanking cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, isn't that all that we just read a moment ago? And I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge. And if I had such faith that I could move a mountain but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. That's what I want to leave you with tonight, that with all of this, the gifts, the body being fitly joined together, we have to remember that we need to love, to love one another, restore those that are broken back to 
the fold, encourage those that are hurting, pray for healing. You have those gifts. Let your gifts overflow lovingly, abundantly, abundantly, so that every joint will be supplied. Let's pray. So, Father, I thank you and I praise you that, Lord, you are bringing abundant life here, fruitfulness in your people, understanding, and a greater, deeper level of love. poured out upon them, Lord. poured out upon them in a new way that they would be passionate in the level of love that they have people, have for people, in the gifts that they have, that there will be such a passion in that to, to share that, to pour it out, that it would not be something that had to be, oh, I got to give a little here and I got to give a little there and that's all I can do because I, I need to have some left over. No, Lord, when we pour out, you promise to fill up. You promise to fill up. So for those that maybe feel empty, Lord, fill them to overflowing in a way that they haven't realized for a long, long time. And for those that pour out a lot, on a regular basis, I pray for a firstborn anointing to be upon them because every firstborn that you speak about in the word, you gave a double portion anointing to so that they would be able to give away and receive. And that's how you, teach, you, you deal with us. We're each one of us your firstborn. And so I pray that, Lord, they would be remem- reminded of that, that their fruitfulness isn't going to be given away and it will never leave them empty but it will instead be profitable and it will build even more. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Bless.